few weeks ago, Nancy and I returned from a vacation. We were at Indianapolis International Airport. And we were getting on the shuttle bus that takes you out to the economy parking lot to pick up our car and come home. After we got on, right at the last minute before the bus was about ready to take off, comes a young family. Mother's holding a baby that looked to be about two or three weeks old, really small. The father was trying to get all the luggage on the bus. So he had a car seat, a big diaper bag. It was full. It was stuffed. And then a piece of luggage for mom, dad, and the baby as well. And he's throwing that stuff on there as fast as he can. He gets down. He plops himself down the seat. He looks around exhausted. We all look at him like, yep, been there. <laughs> know that feeling. Well, that's what babies do. They change your life. They bring new responsibilities, but also new joys. And that's what Mary experienced. I think it's intriguing to stop and consider the significance of our birth narratives that we have in our scriptures and to realize that you don't have to tell the good news. The gospel doesn't require these birth stories. The gospel of Mark begins with John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. The Gospel of John begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But for some reason, God wanted it also told how he came into this world. And so Matthew and Luke have recorded these birth narratives, these stories for us that have made their way into our hearts, into our imagination, into our songs, and into our worship. They speak to us. They say something to us. And so what I want to do this month is stop and ask the question, not only what does it mean to say that God came to our world as a human being, but why did God come into our world as a baby? I think there's something significant there. So before uh, Pastor Martha Lyons reads our scripture, this Magnificat, the song of praise of Mary. I want to set the context so you know what's happening. So the angel Gabriel, if you read the first chapter of Luke, has already appeared to Mary and told her that she's going to bear the child that would become the Messiah. Now, Mary may be young, but she knows being a virgin that that's just not how it typically happens. So Gabriel <laughs> affirms that it's true, and he tells her, that her cousin, her older cousin, who should be too old to bear children, is also with child. So Mary, after this visitation, makes the long trek, eight or nine day journey from Nazareth to the town that Elizabeth lives in. And when she arrives, and that child within Elizabeth, who will become John the Baptist, hears her voice, leaps with joy inside the womb. And Elizabeth launches into a prophecy declaring that Mary will be the mother of our Lord. And so Mary responds with these words. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. 
he shows mercy to everyone, from one generation to the next, who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. Now let's begin by thinking how young Mary is. We know it's typical for young women in Israel to be betrothed by the ages 12 to 14. I had Tom Shriver take a picture of some of our 12 to 14 year olds in our <laughs> youth group. So the ages I believe are 12, 12, 13, and 14. Now, can you imagine them? And if you're their parents, can you imagine them having a baby now? Um, I know things are a little different now from when they were back then. You kind of grew up a little faster back then, but still, just think right now, most of these girls probably think the boys have cooties. <laughs> and here she's going to give birth to the Messiah, the long-awaited one. What a challenge. What a powerful change this is in her life. And that's what this Christ child will do for her. It reminds me of some unexpected pregnancies I've experience in my ministry through the years. And sometimes those are very difficult. You get a, a child who's still a teenager, and boy, they're not quite ready for that. But sometimes I've seen these teenagers with this new responsibility just blossom. I've seen a few who are so lost before, didn't know what they want to do with their life, but all of a sudden this child gives them a purpose they never imagined before. And sometimes good things have come because of that. I remember having a relative who became pregnant as a single mother. She was someone that was kind of floundering her life. And, and one of the things, she smoked. And we often talked to her about wishing she could quit. She'd often talk herself about wishing to quit. And you know, when she became pregnant, just like that, she stopped cold turkey. It's amazing when you begin living for someone else, how that changes your perspective and how you approach life. And that's what this baby does for Mary and what it should do for us. Because I'm afraid too many of us look at faith as simply something that just will add to our lives. It's a compliment to our life. It's a nice thing to have. But when the Christ child comes into our world and into our hearts, it should be much more than that. It should change everything about us. Our faith should not be something that's a sideline, but it should be the center of our lives. Our faith should not be a complement, but it should be the source of our life. I'm afraid there's too many good church people sometimes who come to church because that's what they've always done. They're just a good church person. Or they come because they want to make sure their children get the morals and reinforce those things. Or they come because they've had a string of bad luck and think, well, maybe if I start praying a little more, God might give me some good luck. But a baby doesn't bring good luck, does it? It brings responsibility and joy, and it changes everything about our lives. And that's what happened to Mary. She says it very well. With all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, 
I rejoice in God, my Savior. And if we'd keep reading from what was shared, we find that the things that Mary experiences are very important as well. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Now think about what Mary's life was going to look like before this visitation of Gabriel. She is about to marry a carpenter, which doesn't sound too bad to us. Carpenters are pretty respected, but back then, carpenters were, were pretty lowly. They were on the low end of the economic totem pole. Remember, there's not a whole lot of wood in Palestine. It's not the way you'd want to choose to make a living if you want to be rich. So she's looking at pretty poor economic prospects. And then the fact that most likely her marriage was arranged, probably before she even had any choice in it, there's not exactly a lot of romance going on in this future that she's had. But all of a sudden, the visit of an angel Without any choosing of her own, she is blessed in a way that is amazing and powerful and incredible. And that is what a baby should do for us. And, and I think we know that feeling. Do you remember that feeling when you held that child who was just born, that newborn, in your arms? And now fathers, that we get to participate in that birthing experience. We get to hold that child sometimes before the mother does. You remember that feeling? How incredible it was that you had something to do with this. You, in a sense, became a co-creator with God. And you know what? I've discovered that feeling works for grandparents as well, right? And it's even better because you can hand that child back whenever you want to. It's awesome. I think when that picture was taken, it was the day after Cohen was born, my son-in-law, Matt, <clears throat> says, you got 24-hour entertainment right there in your hands. Pretty good description, isn't it? My daughter gave me a picture frame with Cohen's picture on it that said, whenever a baby is born, so is a grandfather. Yeah, that's, it still sits on my nightstand. A baby brings dignity, and that's what the Christ child has done for us, for our world. That's true cosmically as well as individually. Baby brings dignity. And then it also brings something else. If you keep on reading, and I'll read all this, but let me jump down where it says, He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. This is simply a statement about justice, that God is bringing about his justice. And for Mary, it speaks to her. Because, you know, have you ever had someone say they, they wouldn't want to bring a baby into this world now? Have you ever had anybody say that? Yeah. The world's full of violence, complications, poverty that seems to have no answers, and sometimes we begin to feel rather helpless with all that. And some of us wouldn't want to bring a baby into this world. But in their day, that's the exact opposite of how most people would feel. Matter of fact, we're pretty sure that Mary went to visit Elizabeth because she needed to come to grips with what's happened to her. And the fact that Elizabeth, who was barren, who was with child, without child, and who 
would experience that shame now in a miraculous way has been lifted up as well. Justice has come to Elizabeth. And Mary is pondering as they've come together how God amazingly is using two peasant women to bring into the world the Messiah. That's pretty heavy to consider. So I hope that you'll realize and, and understand that this is a declaration that God will find a way to get his will done. And if sometimes you feel frustrated and helpless because of all the things that are wrong in this world or might even be wrong in your life, that God can find a way. And he will find a way. Even in that first century, he came to this world as a baby who had no miraculous powers, born to a very humble family who had to flee to Egypt when King Herod threatened their lives. But God found a way. God will find a way. Let me make one more point. This month we're going to be talking a whole lot about the power of babies and how they change our lives and what God has done by coming as a baby. But let's reverse that image just a little bit and see what it says about God and why did he choose to come in this vulnerable way. I mean, have you, have you stopped and pondered how Scary that is for God to come in this helpless manner. I mean, you've carried a child around, right? And they can't walk. They can't feed themselves. They can't clothe themselves. They can't even keep themselves the right temperature. When you feed them a bottle, you've got to make sure that it's room temperature. And, and when their nose starts running, you have to get those little snot suckers <laughs> and do it for them, right? They are completely helpless. And yet God came into our world in this way. What do you think that might be telling us? I think God is trying to say that I came in this world like you because I'm going to depend upon you. And he's dependent. You know, the, the Gospels play this balancing act. They tell us just a little bit about Joseph and Mary, but not too much because the story's not about them, but at the same time, God worked through them. I think he's suggesting he's going to work through us. I came across this cartoon, I think says things very well. Sometimes I like to ask God why he allows poverty, famine, and injustice when he could do something about it. The response is, what's stopping you? I'm afraid God might ask me the same question. Good question to ask. When we look at the world and see all that's wrong, it's so easy to blame God. But if we're honest about the Christ story and how God came to the world, he depends upon us. He entered the world like us, just like us, as a baby. Therefore, he has chosen to depend upon us as well. So I hope that you'll ask that question back. So God rocked Mary's world. When he sent Gabriel to share that good news. But at the same time, it, it turned everything over. It caused her to have to surrender completely to God's will. But it also brought dignity and also brought justice. I hope that we find that this Advent season. As we anticipate what God might do in our life and what God might do through us to our world. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful for these 
amazing birth stories, and the whole idea that you'll come as a baby into our world. Help us to embrace that and ponder it and reflect upon that and grasp all that it means this Advent season. Through Christ we do pray.